Good morning, glory, hallelujah to you, and welcome to Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey Morissette, joined as always for the past 50 shows by John Mariano. John, how are you doing today? Wait, is it 50? Like, is this episode 50 or is this episode 51? This is episode 51, so the past 50, because we haven't got through this one yet. See how that works? It's it's fucking exhausting, man. I know, right? Like, are you tired? I, I'm a little tired. I gotta be honest with you. I'm, I'm especially tired. But I'm gonna pull the curtain back a little bit for the folks at home. Um, we did a little bit of a run through last night, and part of that's my fault. Um, you know, you know, I, I I was listening back to to what we did with episode fifty, and I really liked where we were going, but it really didn't feel like one of our shows. It was a nice recap. It was great catching Scott up. And I thought, you know, I don't know how much fun this is for the listeners. So. You know, Corey, Corey, Corey doesn't know I'm going to do this. Scott doesn't know I'm going to do this. I, I, I'm kind of just winging it right now. Can but I, I think... intro Scott first before you get into it? Oh, I, I guess is, is Scott here yet? I literally just asked you how you were doing, and you went off on this fucking diatribe about whatever. <laughs> Let's introduce the folks to Scott Haskin, who's been sitting here for the last 20 minutes waiting to get introduced. How are you doing, Scott? I'm I'm doing great. I I'm excited to hear what uh, what John's got to tell us. He seems very excited. But first, how are you, Corey? Well, you know what? I was better. Uh, I'm a little depressed now because yeah, John just tried to Shanghai the whole show. But like you, I'm I'm curious to see what he because he's so excited. He wouldn't even wait for us to intro you. We couldn't get into the deep dive stuff. Didn't get into the Ken Napsock stuff. Just automatically, hey, I got blah, and away we go. Take it away, John. Oh, we'll get back to all that other stuff. I just, I just figured this was like the preamble before the credits. Man, you well, you, you are a there, cranky there, asshole. There is a structure to the show, John. I introduce you. You say that you're awful or whatever the fuck you are. Then we introduce Scott. He talks about how great life is. And then I throw to Scott, and he tells us all about the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Scott, take it away. Well, I think this is like the episode when The Office started doing cold opens and they just kind of jumped into the show without having the show. But, you know, the Deep Dive Podcast Network is getting better and better all the time. In fact, just today, uh, one of our guys, Nate, over the Deep Purple Podcast did a huge revamp of the website. So you can go to deeppurplepodcast.net. I've got the link in in our page on my website, scotthaskin.com. Click on Aerosmith, scroll down, you'll see the links to all the podcasts and the main website. But we've got our own John and Corey that do Backtracks theme music, an excellent show about th- th- film music. If I could say it would probably be helpful. We have uh, Mark and our own Corey at And the Podcast Will Rock, all things Van Halen. I do Uriah Heep, the Magician's Podcast, which is back for a couple of seasons. We have the Deep Purple Podcast. We have Skinnered Reconsidered, T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. We have Sabbath Bloody Podcast, In the Lap of the Pods, all about Queen. We have Hawk Binge, Maiden A to Z, Diary of the Mad Men, The Ultimate Aussie Podcast. We have, universally speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast, Judas Priest Cast. We have North by South Podcast, which is a comparison of music of sorts. We have the Tom Petty Project. We have Seaside Pod Review, another Queen show, and Volume for All, and Rock Roulette Podcast. It's it's a growing list, and uh, man, it's getting exhausting. I tell you, you had to take a big breath there before you got through the second half of the shows. We got a lot of shows on our roster now, and that new website uh, is looking fantastic. And I got to tell you, Scott, I was listening to the uh, Magicians podcast here this week, and uh, I actually just heard the new Uriah Heap song, Hurricane. Let's play a little bit for you right now, shall we? Nope, I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. I, that's why I did that because I knew I, I'm waiting for the CD to come. I'm like, nah. What if I threaten to play a little bit right now? Let's see how Scott reacts. Yeah, I, I heard the first three seconds of it when I went to grab the link to post it on the website. Um, and that was that was already too much. I, I just I really want my reviews uh, when I get to them to be really organic. And uh, I didn't listen to the first single. I, I've been really uh, strong, as tempted as it's been. Uh, it's, it's difficult, but I want an initial reaction for the entire album. Well, I, I can tell you, I dug the song that I heard today called Hurricane. So cool. I, I think you're in for a treat. John Mariano, maybe tell us about uh, Ken Napsock and Pop Rock and Radio. I'd, I'd love to, but after 50 episodes, um, Ken fired us. 
What? Why Papa... am I just hearing about this? This was not brought up during our, our full dress rehearsal last night. I tried to bring it up at the top of the show, and I was rudely interrupted. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was trying to at least point it out then, but you jumped to introduce Scott, and I have talked for about a half hour now. Well, we have a lot of shows uh, on the Deep Dive podcast tonight, Greg, we had to get through. I'm sorry no, if it I... felt that long for you, but as Steven Tyler would say. What's your style? I take my cues from you. Right. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. No, uh, um, it's very hard. See, they all took it well. Um, a lot of tears. Kind of hard for me. But I'll get over it. Well, while Scott was paying tribute to all of our wonderful um, siblings at the Deep Dive Network, um, I was securing a new sponsor. Oh, this is breaking news here, folks. A new yeah. sponsor. So while Pop Rock and Radio still exists, and I still recommend people go to Mixcloud and support Ken over at Pop Rock and Radio, um, they are no longer our sponsor. Our new sponsor is the Knapsack Network. The Knapsack Network is, is the home for the Blathering with Ken Knapsack, Saturday Night Knapsack, and many more. The Blathering is an off-the-cuff, from-the-heart-and-head podcast from comedian and author Ken Knapsack. Written, hosted, and performed by Ken Knapsack, co-creator of Four Center, The Knapsack Files, and Pop Rock and Radio. Um, go support Ken. Um, he's he's trying something new with the show called The Blathering. It's a, a little bit from the heart, a little bit from the head, and punches you right in the funny bone as he's doing it. Um, it's it's worth the listen, and you don't even have to download a new app for it. You can take your podcast app that you're using right now and look up the Knapsack Network and um, just follow them. That's all you got to do, and then the show show up, and you listen. It's that easy, folks, to, to get some fantastic content from our, our good buddy, uh, Ken Knapsack. Uh, John alluded to this at the beginning. We're going to kind of get into the format of the show here. Um, episode 50, last week, uh, we, we, we did something a little different. This time it's going to be different. And we thought because Scott wasn't uh, uh, on the show for the first, you know, 40 episodes, we, we would kind of, you know, do a recap, uh, just a quick little thing on each little song. And, uh, man, it was taking a while. We got all the way up to song 24, which was moving out uh, from the debut album. Uh, so, John, you had mentioned uh, while you were on the shitter today, you had an epiphany again about completely changing the format, the sound, everything uh, of the show. Uh, maybe tell us all about it now. Well, like, we were doing that run-through last night, and holy hell, it was like two hours long to get through the next 25 songs. And it occurred to me, we've passed episode 50, and we still don't have a 50th song. So I think maybe a better format tonight is to rifle through these songs. We don't need to listen to blurbs unless we call a specific one out and we want to hear a little bit more um, and kind of take a, a Needham Gotham approach to to the um, mixtape. We know we, we know we have four sides of the mixtape. You, you know, j just to recap really fast, side A of the deep cuts, um, anything that's not a single qualifies, anything that's not a, li a, a, a live cut qualifies. And we just kind of throw, throw them on there um, as we see fit, the, you know, believing that these are the best deep cuts of, of, of Aerosmith's collection. So side B are the live tracks and anything live counts. We haven't fleshed that out entirely yet. Each side gets, gets nine songs. Um, then we, then we used to have a, a top 10. We knocked it down to a top nine. We, we decided, you know what, why, why have one mixtape when you can have two? So we we have an all time top nine and any any single qualifies to go on there, and then finally we have the nasty cuts and the nasty cuts are we we each get th three saving graces I get three Corey gets three Scott gets three, um, the movie is hanging on by a thread right now, and th that's about the only song I'm going to mention right now because that that uh that that's going to be on Scott to carry that torch from now on, but but the reality is that's where we are. We have another 25 songs to, to kind of recap really quickly. I say we get through them as quickly as possible. And then we roll the dice and we find out what song 50 is. What do you guys hmm. think? I'm in. I The only thing I would say is we actually don't have to do all 50 because I started on the show a while ago. So those will be easier to get through because we don't have to catch me up on them. 
but this this works well and and, and part of it you know and that's why i was pulling that back the curtain a little bit we did do that run through last night so we did give you a flavor of some some of those songs but if there's anything else that you want to recap as we go by all means stop us if there's anything i don't remember i'll be annoying i'll stop Corey as well but i think we can get through this pretty quickly i agree and and thanks for finding us a new sponsor so quickly you know, I work tirelessly. I mean, the re the reality is, you and Corey do all the heavy lifting here, and I have to justify my my job by coming up with new ideas on the shitter, and you know, making tireless phone calls to sponsors just to make sure I keep my spot on the show. Hey, we didn't even Never know we lost the sponsor, so that was great. Yeah. We lost it and gained one uh, at the same time. It was fantastic. Good job, Johnny. Never underestimate the value of the noble toilet. Amen. Speaking of toilets, let's talk about uh, show 25. It was Major Barbara. Uh, this currently does not reside on any of the mixtapes. Uh, I'm a I'm a no. Uh, it's about a woman and her, her crops and her fields. Uh, it's a laid back kind of tune. Uh, it, it's decent enough, but I don't think it belongs anywhere. Scott? Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it, it's an album track for me. Nothing real special. Yeah. John? Major Barbara's not making it on the mixtape. Oh, my sweet Lord. Okay, Major Barbara's gone. Uh, let's move to 26. Bone to Bone, Coney Island, Whitefish Boy. I know for a fact, if we ever kick this off the mixtape, uh, Kevin Brown from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, is making a tour of North America to kick all of our asses. Um, I dig Bone to Bone. It's currently on the Deep Cuts uh, side A of the mixtape, and I'm cool with it staying there. I love that track. John, this is one of your favorites. Uh, what say you? Uh, if, if, if for whatever reason I get outvoted to the one, it's going right onto my nasty cuts. And if it if you kicked it off, I would put it on mine. So it's got a ways to go. Scott, uh, it's academic at this point, but uh, because we outvote you, but uh, would you want it on there? Well, yeah. I mean, not only because it's a good song, but Kevin probably lives closest to you, so you would mm -hmm. be the first target. So just for for your safety alone, I'll keep it on. But it's it's worthy. It's got its place. Kevin's literally like three and a half hours away from me. So yeah, I I would be quite concerned if we ever took this off. Bone to bone is staying, Kevin. I threatened him tonight on uh, Facebook. I said, we're probably going to kick it off. And he got very, very <laughs> mad. And he has COVID right now. So I don't want to kick a guy when he's got COVID. Uh, next up from Permanent Vacation, we had Girl Keeps Coming Apart. Uh, we actually put this on the uh, deep cut side of the mixtape. We took off an older track. Uh, this is a classic from Permanent Vacation. One of your favorites, Scott. Should it stay on side A? Oh, yeah. Uh, to me, this is a song that defines this band. It's got the energy. It's got the the passion. Uh, great guitar playing, great drums. Yeah, this is a good one. All right, John, do you agree? My controversial opinion, it's one of the best songs off of this album. I know how much you love the horns. The big horn uh, section and Girl Keeps Coming Apart. Yeah. Great. Uh, so, uh, actually, uh, solo at the end uh, from the horn. So I agree. Uh, it's 3-0. Uh, we're going to keep Girl Keeps Coming Apart on side A, the deep cut side of the mixtape. Let's move now to Draw the Line and the track I Want to Know Why, show 28. Uh, John, do you remember this one? Vaguely. Vaguely. You yeah. hear, did you want to hear a little bit? Yeah, you can give me, you can give me just, just like a, a, a little crisp. Okay. All right. Is that crispy enough for you? What do you think? Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Are you voting to keep it on or take it off? No, no, no. It's I, right, I think it's right we, now, not anywhere. No, it, it's I, it, it's from what I remember of it. I, I, I believe that the vocals are flat. I actually like the music in this a lot, but I, I believe that my feelings on it remain the same. That the vocals are very flat on this track. Okay. Uh, Scott Haskin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it, mine are exactly the same. Uh, musically, it's got some good energy to it. Uh, got a good feel. But yeah, vocally, it's just kind of like, all right, I'm singing words on a page. Yeah, it is a, a really good groove, though. Uh, I love the music. But yeah, uh, I'm fine with it not being anywhere. Uh, let's go now to uh, Rocks, show 29, and the song uh, Sick as a Dog. I'll, I'll start this one. I love Sick as a Dog. Um, it was on uh, Side A of the Deep Cuts for a while. Uh, great, great track. Uh, it eventually got supplanted by something a little bit better. Uh, and I'm okay with that. I think out of all the dog songs that John and I covered before you came on the show, Scott, uh, six is a dog came in second for me. We have a, a dog song on there currently, uh, walking the dog. Uh, so I'm cool with it not being on side a, 
Um, Scott, what do you think? Yeah, it's not a bad song, but, uh, you know, we talked about this last night in our, our run through is that this is getting tough now because the bar is set so high that it's going to be hard to, you know, really say, OK, this song is so much better that it needs to be on the tape. And I think this is a good song. Is it better than everything we have? Not quite for me. OK, John. Yeah, no, if, the, if, if this were, were a. But maybe one of our first ten shows, it 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 would be on there right now. But we're we're deep enough in into the podcast where I think we know what our standards are, and it's falling just short. Agreed. Let's move on. Show thirty, eat the rich. I think that's unanimous. Let's keep it on the top nine. Yep. Absolutely. Undoubtedly. Mama Kin show thirty one. Same thing. It's on the all time top nine. Deserves to be there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not voting. We're not in the business of voting these off yet. Like maybe if this was like show like three hundred, and we were really squeezing the last energy out of, out of the show, but I can't see these these going anytime soon. Nope, I yeah, absolutely I agree. agree. Yep. Uh, so that takes us. To, we had three classics in a row. How about Crazy uh, from Get a Grip? It's on the all time top nine. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I love this song. Yeah, yeah, Kurt. Crazy! I told I told a brief story last night that um, my my first girlfriend used to sing this to me, and um, I got a soft spot for the song for a lot of reasons. It's a song and video that defined the '90s for me. That's the, unanimous again. Uh, crazy stays on the top nine. Oh my goodness! Oh, you know it's coming. Here we go. Show thirty-four, picked by Jeff Saunders. John, wipe those tears. Imagine animal crackers traipsing across wait, wait, the belly wait, wait, of one little Tyler. Can, can, can we just tell a brief story really quick? Please. Yeah, so so, so I sent a clip from Instagram to both of you guys today of Steven Tyler, um, I, I think walking around Vegas, and he caught somebody um, playing guitar and started to sing this song. Wrong, by the way. Oh, completely wrong. Botched all the lyrics. Um, what were your opinions of that clip? Scott, you go first and then co- like, where you go? I, I had a hard time just putting that together in my head. It just it just felt like eating wet bread. It was just wrong. <laughs> it, it pissed me off that it's not even a fucking Aerosmith song and he got the words wrong. He sings this every night and he fucked up the chorus. Of all things you're going to fuck up in this song, you fuck up the chorus. Oh, this is better. Yeah, th- this was something that came up in our conversation last night. Is is that um, y- y- you know I don't I don't want to miss a thing. Is is like the poor the poor man's everything I do I do for you. Listen to that angel voice of one Canadian crooner, Brian Adams. That's wonderful. Love theme from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He w- he might not speak with an English accent, but he has a hell of a theme song. <laughs> And I will say, I don't think Corey likes him just because he's Canadian, but it's got to be a plus. Absolutely. I just saw Brian Adams in concert, what, a month ago. He was phenomenal. No tracks, great backing band. He took requests from the crowd, said, hey, what do you want to hear? And somebody yelled out, "Uh, Heat of the Night. He said, we haven't played that song in 20 years. Hit it. And they played the song, and it sounded great. You got to love that kind of recall that they know their catalog well enough to be able to just go into a song they haven't rehearsed. Yep. Just, yeah, we haven't done that one in 20 years. Hit it, and they did it, and it sounded great. You know, Brian Adams kind of really defines a part of my youth, too, because, and I know this isn't the Brian Adams podcast. It is now. (laughs) It is now. But you're thinking of, like, the early days of MTV and and when Run To You came out. That was a really big, popular song at the time. And uh, whenever I hear that now, I think early 80s, I think about, you know, being a, a young kid, just really exploring and discovering music. Um, really good times. Great album, right. Reckless from '83. You had Run to You, you had Somebody, you had Heaven, one of the best uh, rock ballads of all time. It's Only Love yes. with Tina Turner. Kids Wanna Rock, great fucking album. All right, I'm gonna get us back on target though, because we, get, we got like another, you know, 15 all songs right. or so to get through. All right, fair enough. So uh, I don't want to lick your thing, uh, keep it off all lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just keep it off all the lists. Yeah. All right. Did uh, you skip one? 
You did? I did. I did. I got so excited about it. I don't want to lick your thing. I forgot Ragdoll, show 33, uh, from Permanent Vacation, which is a song that both John and I said, you know what, not our favorite from Permanent Vacation, but that doesn't mean it's a bad song. Still a good song. We just put it in the lower third of Permanent Vacation. Uh, so it's not on uh, the all-time top nine because it was a single. Uh, the question is, do we put it on there or do, does one of us uh, put it on the nasty cuts? I'm cool with it being off the top nine. I'm not going to use it in one of my three slots on the nasty cut side. John, what about you? I like it. I, I don't know if I like it enough to put it on my nasty cuts. Um, I, I, I really dig this track. I really dig this album. Just because it's not making it just means I'm trying not to pack it all with permanent vacation stuff. Sounds good. And Scott, we didn't get your opinion on uh, Ragdoll. What do you think? Yeah, you know, uh, thinking about ultimate Aerosmith songs, this this is another song that to me kind of defines the band. And I think it's worth saving. So, Corey, if you would throw that on my nasty cuts, I'd appreciate it. Because for now, I, I want to save the song. You got it. Sounds good. So currently on your nasty cuts, you have the movie for some reason, Nobody's Fault and Ragdoll from Permanent Vacation. So you got your three slots uh, uh, set for now. Obviously, that 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 can change. That could be quite fluid. You could take the movie off at any time. Just uh, just a reminder. Uh, let's move I on. I don't feel any peer pressure at all. <laughs> wait, 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 Corey, you said that wrong. Did I? Sorry. Yeah, no, no. You can take the movie off again. Again. Yes. Yes, again. You, yeah. you, again, again. You got you, you to hit with two agains. You know what? When he kicks it off his nasty cuts, I may put it on mine just so I can kick it off again. I want to see how many times the movie <laughs> leaves these mixtapes. And when we were As creating... I recall, you were a fan of the song when we did the episode. Oh, I know. I'm just playing this up because uh, it, it's more fun that way. I, I don't mind the movie at all, but John absolutely hates it. It's it's weird having Corey in the role of the antagonist. <laughs> I don't mind it's it. Up, it's something new I'm trying for, for <laughs> show 51. Uh, let's go on out to show 35. And uh, Heath McCoy's uh, track that he brought to us from Live Bootleg, Mother Popcorn. Uh, we don't have a full side yet of live tracks, so it's currently on live tracks. Uh, it's a great little James Brown cover. Uh, a lot of fun. Great sax. Uh, I'm cool that it's staying on live tracks. Scott? Yeah, I think so. Okay. John? Yeah, absolutely. How about Bitches Brew from uh, Rock and a Hard Place? Boy, that, that's kind of a, a deeper one. Um, never made any of the lists. Uh, it, it's kind of a different one. Of course, this is a different era for Aerosmith. No uh, Joe Perry, no uh, Brad Whitford. We had Jimmy Crespo uh, and uh, fucking Steven Tyler, incomprehensible, singing about briar patches. Uh, I'm fine with kicking it, not putting it anywhere. John? It doesn't feel that much like an Aerosmith song to me. Good call. Scott? Yeah, it just feels like this is something that was written to in the interim, you know, while the band was being held together. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me, really. And I, I, I don't like songs that are named after my ex. Oh, there you go. I didn't know you dated someone named Brew. OK, uh, the next song we did, episode 37, was Spaced. I think we get through this one pretty quick. Uh, lyrics were kind of cool. Uh, musically, it was a little off for me. Didn't make any lists. Uh, John, are you cool with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm very cool. Hey, Scott. Yeah, it was a nice attempt at something different, but it didn't it didn't really grip me. Yep. Good, good call. Uh theme from Spider-Man was show 38, kind of the same thing. Um, you know, Steven could have put a little more effort into it, I thought, but musically it was kind of cool. I, I remember the cartoon from the eighties and I dig the uh the Sam Raimi film. I'm a Spider-Man fan, but uh I don't think this really deserves a spot on any of our mixtapes. Scott, do you agree? Yeah, I, musically, I, I really liked it. I thought it had a good tone to it. Definitely a, a very interesting sound for the band. But uh, again, the vocals just killed it for me. John? I'm not a fan of turn of the century uh, Aerosmith. Like, um, g give me 90s Aerosmith. Give me give me 70s Aerosmith. But but what, what, once we uh, turn the millennium, not so much a fan of their sound. I swear we're going to find a song from 2000 and up that you like. That That's my goal uh, of this podcast. We're going to find one uh, out of the whole thing. Uh, next, we had Walking the Dog. This is an all-time classic. Of course, it's a cover, but it's currently on the deep cut side. Uh, this is my favorite dog song. Uh, I say it stays there, John. Yeah, I don't feel like we need to categorize the dog songs just because they have three songs about dogs. But um, yeah, no, this is a great, this is a great tune. And um, just because it's a cover doesn't mean they don't turn it into their own. And I love it. There you go, Scott. Yeah, I dig this song. I, I think it should stay on. Awesome. 
Uh, next was What It Takes, live from a little south of Sanity. Obviously, that's staying on, uh, being one of their best songs ever. It's also a great live track. Uh, I'm just going to speak for the whole panel. I know John has said this is not only one of his favorite Aerosmith songs, maybe one of his favorite songs of all time. So uh, it's staying on the live track side of the mixtape. Uh, how about Hangman Jury uh, from Permanent Vacation? Th uh, this is one both Johnny and I absolutely love. Let's get Scott's comments first. Uh, what do you think of this cut? Oh, yeah. This, this if I remember right, wasn't this on my die? I think so. I believe it was, and, yeah. uh yeah, I, I really dig this song. I mean, this is another one that really just defines the the broad strokes of Aerosmith and uh, has such a great sound to it. I, I definitely think this this was going to be one that I'm going to fight for if it gets kicked off. I tell you, this is what I think a lot of our guests actually had on their die. When you ask them originally for their six songs, more than one has said, put Hangman Jury on there. So, uh, John, has your opinion changed of it? No, I, I just can't wait for us to burn through all, all the permanent vacation and toys in the attic songs. And then, and then Scott has to pick other songs for his die. Yes. Good call. Yeah. They had other songs. <laughs> all right. Uh, the next three we can burn through real quick. They're all on the live track side. They're all live cuts. Lord of the thighs, toys in the attic, Kings and Queens. They're not going anywhere for the time being. We haven't even got a full side yet. So they all stay there. Um, this one was uh, specifically requested by Scott Haskin. It's his favorite song, Sheila, uh, from Done With Mirrors. Both John and I didn't feel like it fit. Um, Scott, uh, are, are you going to kind of acquiesce and kind of join the dark side and say maybe Sheila's not Aerosmith's best attempt at music? My hope is that time travel really exists and I can go back in time and stop the song from being written. That's what you would do? You wouldn't, like, you know, kill baby Hitler or, or anything like that? Well, I mean, if I have time, I get, but, but first is stopping Aerosmith from covering. Okay, that makes sense. I I I would um, I was really hoping that this is gonna, was going to be the song that kicked the movie off. <laughs> it was so close. <laughs> it was so close. But no, the movie stays on Scott's nasty cuts. Sheila is gone. Uh, John, is Pink still your favorite crayon? No, Pink. I like Pink for a lot of reasons. I I did not like the song. Uh, and no, and I know Michael Green kind of said uh, that I had a special love for Pink. I don't. Musically, I think it's kind of cool. Lyrically, it's pretty stupid. And, and Stephen kind of ruins it, just caterwauling all over the guitar solo. I hated that. So uh, I was a no vote. John's a no vote. Scott, are you still a no vote? Yeah, I, I mean, this is again another one where the music was really cool. The song had so much potential, and, and it, it, I said last night, it seems to me like Stephen can make or break a song in this band, and he definitely broke this one because. It, it vocals are just their crap that's right uh, episode 47 was one that just came out this week as we're recording this uh reefer headed woman uh john do you remember this track uh, a little bit could you give me like a a shimmer you betcha All right, there you go. Uh, yeah, that, that that's enough for me to save this. Throw that on my nasty cuts. That that was a. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, it's gonna be tough to to not to knock that one off. Steve, Steven's really sharp there, and it's it's a really driving. We don't have a lot of slower songs, and I, I like the way this changes the pace. Okay, yeah, uh, I was gonna talk about it maybe going on deep cuts, but if you want to put it on your nasty cuts. That's cool. It's still in the mixtape. I see that staying there forever, John. I don't think you're ever going to get rid of that. Uh, Scott, what were your opinions on uh, Reefer Headed Woman? Yeah, it's it's a good blues song. Uh, it reminds me uh, of Roadhouse, you know, when Brad Wesley kind of oh. infiltrates the bar and brings his little blonde bombshell and has her get up on the stage and dance before the next big fight sequence. Uh, it's a good song. I think Steven is really powerful on this one, and uh, I, I like to see him in top form like this. Absolutely. So that's on John's Nasty Cuts now, where it'll stay forever. Let's talk about Show 48 and a John Matola uh, cut that he brought to us, Bright Light Fright. This is a Joe Perry song from Draw the Line. Uh, Scott, um, we hummed and hawed about this one because it was very close to uh, taking a spot on the deep cut side, but eventually we decided, man, we got some good tracks on there. I don't know if it's any better than those. Uh, has your opinion of Bright Light Fright changed any? 
you know, it, it, I'm still so on the edge of it. I think it's a great song, but I just don't think it would push anything that we have on there now off. It, it's close for me, but just not quite there. And I think John Matola even kind of said that when he looked at the the list of what was on there currently. That's right. Uh, John, did you need a little a little shimmer of Bright Light Fright to jog your memory? Yeah, give me a little shine. Okay, here's a little shine. Was it the vocals we didn't like? Like, why doesn't make this make the mixtape? Can you fast forward a little bit? Like, sure. Yeah. Well, I'll take it about a minute in. Let's try that. That's Joe Perry sounding pretty goddamn good. I I, I like this. I like this a lot. I don't remember this episode that well, but I we I, did we not have nasty cuts when we did this? We did not. No, you we added nasty cuts on show fifty, so it would have been uh, two shows after. So here's what I like to do: Can I take the movie off and put this on? <laughs> I don't know, Scott. Is that Get cool off with my you? list? No, John. Get off my list, John. Your your current nasty cuts are Walk on Water cheesecake and reefer headed woman so you you can take one of those off for bright light fright if you want so i can't take one of yours off or one of scott's off though no unfortunately no that that break unless you come up with a new format while you're on the shitter later tonight and, and make that a thing you're allowed to take one off from somebody else's nasty cuts as of right now you can't do that okay if he gets to do that then i get to put sheila on his <laughs> he might like right. that all right well in in fairness to cheesecake and walk on water Oh, God. I can't believe I'm saying goodbye so soon. But uh, I guess Reefer Headed Woman's going to need to go. Oh, look at that. I thought it would stay there forever. But no, Reefer Headed Woman is gone. Bright Light Fright, Joe Perry song on John's Nasty Cuts. And speaking of Joe Perry songs, Kevin Brown brought us one on Show 49, Combination. Uh, this is a fantastic Joe Perry song. One of his best. Uh, they still do it live from time to time. Um, I was absolutely in favor of putting this on the deep cut side. Uh, John, do you remember this one? I, I, I do. If you want to play a little blurb just for the folks at home, I, I'd be happy to hear a little bit. Sure. Here's a little combination from rocks. All right, that's a little combination. God, that's a great groove. Scott, what'd you think? Yeah, that's a killer song. Um, I definitely think it it should stay. Perfect. Me too, John. It's rudimentary at this point, but 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 yeah, absolutely, it needs to, it needs to stay. All right. So that was the first forty nine uh, songs that we covered on Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. Uh, what do you say we do the 50th track here tonight? As per John's suggestion, let's bring out the dice. Man, this thing's got dust on it. It's been forever since we uh, rolled it. Uh, let's go through the tracks once again. Currently on the die, we have Devil's Got a New Disguise, You See Me Crying, Dream On from Live Bootleg, Magic Touch, Train Kept a Rolling from Classics Live, and I'm Down, the Beatles cover from Permanent Vacation. Uh, John, uh, what are you in the mood to listen to tonight? Uh, give me some Beatles all day, every day. All right, that's one vote for I'm Down, Scott. I know I put I'm Down on the dice, but as soon as you said you see me crying, I, I just got a little spot in my heart for that one today. Well, you know what? I'm thinking Magic Touch for our good friend Michael Green. He wanted that one on the dice, so I'm hoping we get that one tonight. What do you say? We throw it over to Steven Tyler. Toss of the And we come up with Magic Touch, Don't You Know, from Permanent Vacation. This one's for you, Michael Green. All right, Scott, you're the, you're the big Permanent Vacation fan. What do you think of Magic Touch? Well, first of all, I want to know what your Magic Touch is, Corey, that you keep shooting your shot. <laughs> I tell you, I you know, on, got the Magic was Touch. Was it uh, you did it again recently on the Van Halen uh, and the podcast will rock for live the third cast for time. January? The third yeah. time, if you can believe it. 
I mean, when you're when you're talking about six songs, okay, it's it's you know one in six chance. But with the uh, the Van Halen catalog that you guys still have left to go, that's pretty impressive, I have to say. I agree. Uh, this song, though, I, I really dig it. Um, I, I dig the vocal on it. I think the uh, the music is really good. It's it's a solid song off of Permanent Vacation. Uh, yes, the uh, second uh, cut actually off of Permanent Vacation after Hearts Done Time, uh, written by Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, and Jim Valance. A Canadian songwriter who worked a lot with one Ryan Adams. There we go. We tie it all together here, folks. Uh, John, uh, any uh, comments on Magic Touch before we roll it here tonight? No, just just a concern. Um, because I think we're all going to really dig the track. It's a really good track. Um, do we have a limit for how many we can put off of one album onto the mixtape? Or are we just willy-nilly going to stack stack the deck? Well, there is no uh, limit to uh, tracks from an album that we can put on there. Um, right now, it would be a deep cut. It was not a single. So right now we have two songs uh, from Permanent Vacation. This potentially could be a third. So one third of that side of the mixtape could be Permanent Vacation. Still got a long ways to go, though. So That's impressive. Yep. All right. Let's take you all the way back to 1987. Here's a little magic touch. I love that groove. Brad's killing it. And then you got Joe kind of in the background, uh, wailing away on that guitar. That, that's the great thing about double guitar bands, right? You, you get that dynamic. And I, I love that intro to Magic Touch. Yeah, it's killer. I, I love the guitar in the, the background doing that. It's not quite the frequencies that pierce your ears, but it's got that same feel to it without crossing that line. Uh, I'm really digging the bass sound on this too. It cuts through really nice and, and really rounds the sound out. I didn't know if you were going to say anything, John. You were taking forever. I didn't know it was going to be enthroned to me. I, I, I was make, making sure Scott was finished. Have you been on the show before? No. If Scott talks, then there's a break. You can either add something or you can surf on your phone. That's what we do. I, I feel I feel like you're so irritated by me tonight, Corey. Well, just a little. Oh, well, here, here, here's, here's, here's what I can tell you. Um, I I think it's going to be tough because I might have to punt one from from – Permanent vacation right now. Right now, what I'm trying to weigh is which songs do I like best off of this album? And th this one, I think, is climbing fast. Interesting. All right, let's keep going. That is just Steven Tyler on, on top of his game. His voice sounds fantastic. He's really into to the song. Uh, and you got a great band backing him up. Uh, this is a, a total hit for me. John, what do you think? Oh, you threw it to me this time. I see how that works. Well, I knew I couldn't count on you to just fill a space. So it's either 20 seconds of dead air or I throw to you. Yeah, I... I... I don't know where I am lyrically with this versus a song like Hangman Jerry, but vocally, you, you know, it just even instrumentally, this band is hitting it on all cylinders right now. And is this one of their best songs? Interesting. What do you guys think of the chorus? Uh, the chorus always kind of threw me off a little bit, just, just kind of how melodically it works. 
magic touch and it goes low don't you know that feeling and it can't and it goes high again and it's it I, i'm when i think about choruses on this album um this maybe fits in the bottom third of the album for me i love everything else about it it was always kind of the chorus that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way what do you think scott I, I see what you're saying. Um, it does seem very standard, especially because they all sound exactly the same, if I recall right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll find out in a minute, I guess. But uh, yeah, there's not a lot of variety in it. I I do like the feel of it, but it does feel very, this is geared up to be played on radio uh, as far as the chorus goes. Uh, yeah, I see where you're coming from on that. John? Oh, thank you. No, it's um, it, it's repetitive, and I, I I believe it's a little monotonous. We're, like like Scott said, we're we're about to find that out. Um, but I do like the rest of it, so it's gonna it's gonna be tough. Gonna be tough, absolutely. John, you're kind of the resident drum expert on the panel. I wanted to get your opinion on on Joey's drums. I think I love the drum sound on this album. The the, the, dr- the drums are tremendous. Um, where I was keying in, it's, it's funny that you throw to me about the drums, but I was I've been keying in on the gu- guitars. It's like they're glamorous enough for this era of the '80s, yet still dirty and muddy enough to to, to have a little bit of that. 70s Aerosmith stank. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of that in the song, but if you listen to the guitars specifically, they're just muddy enough where they're not as clean as some of the other bands that were doing in the, in, the, in this era. There's definitely some stank on that rhythm guitar. You're 100% correct. Uh, Scott, I know you dabble in the drums. You're not an expert like John, but what do you think of Joey Kramer's drum sound on this record? I love it. Uh, really, I, I normally like a slightly punchier kick drum, but for some reason, the sound he's got on his kick just works for this album. Uh, nice tight snare without it being too bright or poppy. I love that you can you can hear the cymbals, but they don't drown anything out. I mean, this is very very well mixed. A lot of bottom end on that snare, right? It almost sounds like a almost yeah. sounds like a like a deeper tom or almost like a floor tom even, right? Like it's it's pretty bassy yeah. sounding. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of low end they, they put into it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a wood snare versus an aluminum, which is why it's going to sound a little bit deeper. John, would that be your uh, assumption as well, that it's a it's a wood snare? Yeah, he's definitely beating his wood there. Yeah, I, I'm i going to take John's opinion on that more than you, Scott. No offense. John really oh, is. I'm good. He, he's the shimmery drum man, so. Uh, John, your thoughts on the solo section there? Is this one of Joey's better solos to date? You mean Joe or Joey? Joey's the drummer. So, 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 so a guy named Joe can't be called Joey? No, we got called out on that after episode one. Remember, we 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 said Joe Kramer, and people got mad. It's Joey Kramer. It's Joe Perry. So, no, you can't I, do that. I mean, just because that's what they prefer to be called doesn't mean that's still not their name, folks. 
I know. And, and we were just kind of, we were, we were talking like we knew them personally and we were calling Joey Kramer Joe. But yeah. There, there, are, there are people who don't know me who call me Johnny. I don't give a shit. Hell, I called you Johnny tonight and you haven't yelled at me yet. No, I mean, I mean, not out loud. No, true. But again, uh, your thoughts on the solo section. I, I really dig it. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I feel redundant, right? But I, I don't dislike much about the song. Like, even like you were calling out the chorus before, I don't hate it. Well, I, I, hate I, yeah, it. I didn't say I hate it. I, I say it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Maybe yeah, compared not, to other tracks on the album. It's not rubbing me any. Like, 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 I think it's pretty good. Well, you deserve to get rubbed, my friend. Scott, what do you think of that solo section? Well, it's just a blistering solo. I mean, you, you couldn't ask for much better than that. That's for sure. And I, I kept kind of phasing back to Joey Kramer on the drums. I love that drum sound. And even Tom Hamilton didn't have to do much, right? He's just din, 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 din. But just laying down that track for those great guitars. Yeah, I, I'm trying to find uh, something definitive that shows me what kind of snare he was playing. It looks like he was playing a Tama kit at the time. And I can tell that the snare was six and a half uh, deep by 14 inches wide. Uh, so that would explain a little bit of the deeper sound, but I, I can't verify whether it's uh, aluminum or wood. I'm still working on that. I, I'm going to say it's some kind of wood, though. Oh, birch. There you go. And, and John, like Scott had to look that up. You knew all that, right? Like I, I could tell that you were like, you knew exactly. Oh, yeah, it's a 14-inch birch snare. I, I, I really thought it was a cedar. that little bridge there just melodically it was something different right uh, before we kick into the verse for the third time or the chorus excuse me for the third time so that was kind of cool yeah that was a nice change uh, it's always nice to have something kind of unexpected usually you expect your pre-chorus on either the first or the second chorus before the solo uh, so it's nice to have it come in after the solo and just have a, a little bit of something unexpected i was gonna ask you that it's kind of weird that it comes after the solo before like the third chorus right that that's that's neat. I, I dug that. Yeah, because usually you'd have it either going into the chorus or you would have uh, coming out of the chorus, you would have one change and then go into the solo. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I like that. I like breaking it up and doing something a little different. It's a good arrangement. You know, oh, it's dead air time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it's, it's a good... To piggyback on Scott, it's a, it's a, it's a good arrangement. It's... This is a fun track. Um, my question is, do you guys have this in the top half or the bottom half of permanent vacation songs in general? I, I don't know if I have a top half. I might have a, a top three quarters because I, I, I love so many tracks on this album. Uh, it would be, I think, in the top three quarters. Scott? I don't think I've ever really analyzed it that way before. I mean, it's definitely not better than the movie. But I, I would have to say this this is going to be one of my top tracks, despite the, the slightly repetitive chorus, um, especially hearing again. I'm kind of falling in love with it all over again. Yeah, uh, this is one we haven't heard in a while. So uh, it's kind of cool that Michael Green had us put this on the dice. And uh, man, it's going to lead to a tough decision uh, in a minute 27. Let's keep going here with Magic Touch.
goodness. Magic Touch, Permanent Vacation. What a track. Thank you, Michael Green, for putting that on the die. Uh, ended better than it started, and it started great. We even got a kick out. But, John, you do it better than I do. Uh, go ahead. L- lay one on us. Kick There you go. That's what I was waiting for. All right. So, final thoughts. <laughs> and does Magic Touch belong on the deep cut side of the mixtape? That was the sound of a bird that's given up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the glory and wonder that is John Mariano. John, let's start with you. Magic Touch, what did you think? I really like it. Um, I was just going over this particular album and the songs off of this particular album. And to answer my own question from before, I don't think I have it in the top half. I, it's absolutely in the top three quarters. But that wasn't the question. The question is, is it in the top half? It's not. Now, what's amazing is this is easily in my top half of Aerosmith songs. Like, I think this is an above average Aerosmith song. But as far as this album goes, I don't think it's an above average permanent vacation song. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. Scott, what do you think? Well, but isn't that like saying, you know, which is your least favorite donut in the box when they're all good donuts? I mean... It's it's comparatively to other albums that just from what I've heard so far, um, it's like every song on this album is a gem, uh, the movie included. I know you guys like it more than I do, but um, that last chorus, the, the changes in the last chorus really kind of boosted this one up for me again. It didn't feel as stale as I remembered the chorus being. Um, and then that change after the solo was really nice. Yeah, I'd have to say this is this is an upper song for me on on that album. Yeah, when I look at the track listing of Permanent Vacation, uh, I got 11 songs that I would put uh, in the top half and then the movies in the bottom half. So um, this is a, a I'm really conflicted on this one, guys. Uh, let, let's just is it, is it is it 10 songs and then the movie? Well, there's 12 songs on Permanent Vacation, so it's 11 songs and then the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So uh, let's just recap uh, side A, the deep cut side of the mixtape. We have Rats in the Cellar, Moving Out, No More, No More, Girl Keeps Coming Apart, Bone to Bone, Coney Island, Whitefish Boy, Seasons of Wither, Permanent Vacation, Walking the Dog, and Combination. If we were going to put Magic Touch on there, what would come off? Well, I'll start. Um as much as I'm tempted to say, if we're going to put it on there, it should replace another permanent vacation song. I don't necessarily think it's fair to to boot it or not include it just because it's on that particular collection. I mean, if we're looking at doing the ultimate tape, it should be the best songs regardless of where they come from. So that being the case, I would probably say I would vote out Rats in the Cellar and put it on there because I think it's a better song than Rats in the Cellar. Well, John Mariano just perked right up. Uh, your uh, retort. Oh, I think this is fairly easy. I was going to vote that this shouldn't take a song off the mixtape. But now I feel slighted and offended, <laughs> even. And because I feel slighted and offended, I'm reconsidering where I think this sits on the permanent vacation album. And I gotta say, this is a better song than Permanent Vacation. Really? I almost said that. I almost said that, but the reason I didn't is because I think Permanent Vacation is a better song than Rats in the Cellar. So again, going with the idea of the ultimate tape, I would say it would it would replace that for me. But I would I would back you on Permanent Vacation. I don't think I would. Uh, I was thinking if it's going to take anything off, what about walking the dog? It's a cover. Mm. There might be a better live version out there. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm wrecking my brain here. Was it on classics live one or two? But but, 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 but in reality, I honestly don't think that this song belongs on the mixtape. <laughs> oh, interesting. So you're voting no? I'm voting no. Okay. I'll let you two fight it out, but I will say this. If you guys come for rats in the cellar, there will be hell to pay. I was shocked that, that he came for rats in the cellar. Uh, to me, uh, it doesn't touch rats in the cellar. That, that Scott, he he's a joker. He's the wild card, right? You never know what he's going to do. 
So my question to John would be, if we boot off walking the dog, would you replace Bright Light Fright <laughs> and have two short-lived songs on your list tonight? No, no, I would replace the movie. You, you can't do that. I, we went through this. I, I would back you on walking the dog. I, I do think it's a better song than walking the dog. Um, I don't, I, I get what you're saying, John, about having too many permanent vacation songs on there. And I, I do respect that, but we have a long way to go yet. So whatever's on there now won't necessarily be on there later. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I would back walking the dog. And uh, I think I'm leaning in that direction. I think Magic Touch deserves a spot on the deep cut side. Uh, even if it's short-lived, we don't know uh, what's coming up. Um, Walking the Dog, I think, is a better live song than it is studio cut uh, from way back on the debut album when Steven's doing his, uh, his, his kind of you know nasally voice. Um, they do it much better live nowadays. Uh, so I'm going to vote uh, with uh, Scott. doesn't matter what John wants. We're going to put Magic Touch on the deep cut side, taking off Walking the Dog. And somewhere... In Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, you hear Kevin Brown exhaling a sigh of relief because Bone to Bone stays on the mixtape for one more week. Uh, John, uh, are you pissed off at us because we took off uh, uh, Walking the Dog for Magic Touch? No, no. I, I am very grateful right now. I am so, so very happy. So very happy. Why is that? Scheming. Yeah. Oh, because the more permanent vacation songs we add to the mixtape, this early in the show, inevitably, the more we boot from the mixtape. From coming from somebody who really likes that album, that's a very um, aggressive statement. Yeah, came for rats in the cellar, Scott. The gloves are off. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. when we turn this into Aerosmith at the end, and they're like, oh, "We didn't even know you guys existed." We'll, we'll be like, well, we would have had different songs on here, but one night John got mad <laughs> and wrecked the mixtape. Yep. You know you know what's going to end up happening is John's going to be sitting on the toilet and he's going to come to us right at the beginning of a show and he's going to say, okay, I think what we're going to do is we're going to have six sides and we're just going to make permanent vacation and toys in the attic automatics and we have to repick the side A and B. Yeah, Now, now it's going to be a, a CD, a burnable CD-ROM. But what's weird about that is I somehow left off my favorite album from my own suggestion then. Which one? Rocks. Yeah. Uh, I'm the Rocks guy. Yep. All right. Let's get back to the dice because that was, uh, I, I put Magic Touch on there uh, for our good friend, Michael Green. And thank you, Michael, uh, for listening to the show and for suggesting uh, Scott and John should fight more. I think they are. Uh, I'm going to try and get them fighting even more than they currently are uh, because that's a great thing when I can get, just kind of sit back with my whiskey and have a lot of fun. So I get to put a song on there now. And Was I'm, he the one that complained about the uh, the the Haskin Mariano Love Fest? Yes, he was. Yep. Okay. I don't. I, I honestly don't remember that, but I don't remember most of the things that I say. <laughs> well, it's over uh, if that's the case. Uh, oh, yeah, it is now. You came after Rats in the Cellar. You're dead to John. Uh, I'm just guessing. Well, I'm going to love him even harder now. Well, speaking of love, I know earlier tonight, John was saying he doesn't love anything uh, past like uh, 1990s Aerosmith. Uh, so I'm going to put something a little newer on there. And I'm going to go back to uh, music from another dimension. And I'm going to go with the one of the singles from that album. Uh, they debuted it on American Idol, and it's called Legendary Child. Do you guys know this one? No, I do not. I do not. Oh, you guys are in for a treat. Yeah, wouldn't it look like Aerosmith was kind of, you know, breaking up over the whole American Idol thing? Uh, they kind of got back together and they actually uh, debuted Legendary Child on American Idol way back when. Uh, so there you go. I think that was 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. So uh, Legendary Child takes its place uh, on the dice right now. Joining Devil's Got a New Disguise, another new Aerosmith song that I put on there. You See Me Crying, Dream On from Live Bootleg, Train Kept It Rolling from Classics Live, and I'm Down, another permanent vacation song. Uh, let's wrap this one up, boys. Uh, John, what do you got to promote, and where can the folks find you? Oh, I'd like to promote um, Aerosmith's album, Rocks. Um, there, 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 there's um, some fine songs on there that you can discover. 
and learn how they're going to systematically knock off the permanent vacation songs. Fair enough. Scott Haskin, you're a busy fellow. What you got going on? Well, aside from being attacked, I uh, I have my Universal Court series of books is, is done and out. The trilogy is uh, available on Amazon and also on my website, scotthaskin.com. And uh, hopefully around the time this episode comes out, my new album, The Shattered Room, will be out as well, available on Amazon, iTunes, my website, Bandcamp, and all the all the places. Perfect. And uh, like Scott alluded to earlier, you can find us on uh, Backtracks Theme Music, talking everything music and movies. Uh, you can find me on And the Podcast Will Rock with one Mark Kamire breaking down Van Halen. And you can find us here every single week breaking down Aerosmith on Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. On behalf of my best friend, Scott Haskin, and my second best friend, John Mariano, my name is Corey Morissette. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, let's give the final word to Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler.